All right. Five, four, three, two, one. Oh, yeah. Podcast is here. Episode number 12. Make some noise, baby. There you go. I see you. I see you. I see you. I don't see you, but I hear you. There you go. If you're in the car, on the toilet, working out or on the couch, make some noise for the Life with Adam and Others podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, if you haven't already, please subscribe or share this podcast to somebody that you love. Uh, It really helps. It really helps me out. It helps us helps us grow and uh, helps the messages uh, be shared across the world. So uh, with that being said, if you would like to be on the podcast, send me an email at lifewithadamj at gmail.com or get in contact with me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever, however you can. Or if you got my number, just send me a text and we'll get you on the podcast. But we got somebody super special today. His name. You guys know his name? No, you don't know his name. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pizzas and hot dogs. We got a special guest on the show today. He is a former, he, he is a, a U.S. veteran from the Army. Um, this guy is super amazing. He is so fun. He is loving. He is one of the best guys you will ever hear on this show. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, put your hands together for the one and only Ricardo Hartwell. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Well, I, I, I know you as Ricky. I didn't even know your name was Ricardo before before this podcast. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> it's all good. But man, hey, uh, thank you for wanting to come on the show. Um, I guess you got introduced to the show because you heard Matt's podcast. How that's did you know about true. it? I, it's very true uh, from Matt. And also Johnny had told me about your podcast. So I've heard a few of your episodes before. Nice, man. Really love nice. what you're doing, brother. Really love what you're doing. You're helping thank you. spread the kingdom. Oh, thank you, bro. Thank you. Yeah, I, I was on, I was kind of on like a, a little four month, five month, I don't know, in my mind, in my head, going through some things, but we're back and uh, we're just going to kick it off. We're kicking it off strong. We just had Matt, now we have you. So right I on. appreciate it. I appreciate it. So man, like what, what, who are you like? Who are you? Why did you want to come on this podcast? Well, I mean, I'm just another guy. I'm another voice in the wind. Um, But it's very important to share my testimony the same way I feel that everybody should share their testimony about Jesus Christ, which is why Mm. we're all here, you know, to show glory to God and to testify that Jesus Christ is alive. Mm. Good. Okay. They coming out with it strong, bro. <laughs> there you go. So, so I know you got a son. I know you got a son. Tell me, tell me about your son. Yeah. Azrael. He's uh he's five years old now, just turned five in August. Uh, he and I have been living together, uh, since he was seven months old. So we've been, we've been writing it out together day by day. He's growing up and learning new words and interesting remarks, but it's real cute to watch. I mean, he started calling me big guy recently. So I'm he's just a, like, <laughs> he started calling you big guy. He started calling me big guy. I'm like, I started looking at myself like, am I eating too much? Like, where did you get that from? <laughs> yeah. Where did he get that from? That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's good though. Big guy. So, so, so how do you feel about that? Like, what, what do you, I mean, calling you big guy, that's kind of, do you like, are you like, Hey son, uh, I'm your dad. Uh, don't be calling me big guy. Cause I used to tell my dad, I used to be like, I, I, I called him one time. I was like, Hey Al, He's like, boy, 
I am not Al. I'm your dad. I'm your daddy. That's what he say. I'm your daddy. He's like, I'm not yeah. your friend. I'm your father. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I had this similar approach before, but, you know, being that it's just he and I, you know, I have to be, you know, the mother's, you know, so to speak, and the father. And I know that, like, for example, we would talk to each other and I would tell him he would ask me to do something that he wants to do, you know, and I'd say, no, we're not going to do that. And somehow I'd end it with like, okay, pumpkin, you know, and he would come around and say, no, my darling, I want to do it this way. And I'm like, (laughs) it's just, it's just the way we communicate with one another. And I, I want him to feel comfortable or open and just for us to have open dialogue. So I don't really stress too much about it. Maybe sometimes if he goes too far, I'll be like, hey, Azrael, you know, you don't, you don't talk to me that way, son. Okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then he'll be like, okay. And say, all right. Uh, <laughs> that's sweet. That's sweet. So uh, if, how, how is it like not having, like not having his mother with you? Like, how does that, how does that trans, how does that translate? I guess, uh, because you, you had mentioned that you're, uh, you're, you're divorced. Mm-hmm. And how how is that on like your relationship with your son? For the first four years, it was actually very difficult um, because the divorce. I mean, nobody really wants to get divorced, right? You you find somebody that you you love and you want to share your life with, and so you get married, right? Then mm-hmm. for some people, things come along the way that you know doesn't go as planned. But it did make it did make things very difficult because of how the divorce happened and how our marriage ended. It wasn't it wasn't easy and it wasn't good. It was very bad. Mm. And so that's what hindered our communication mostly. And just for her not really wanting to be around or to be a part of his life, it was it was struggle. Uh the 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 hardest part of that was watching my son go to daycare and seeing other parents you know, other kids with their moms. And mm. then he would kind of ask me like, Hey dad, uh, where's my mom? And I said, Oh wow. Well, she's in a particular place in the state and she loves you. You know, just that's how I would tell him she's in this location and she loves you. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. It is. But you know, eventually it's not enough. He gets yeah. older. He starts thinking more, starts asking more questions and these questions become more difficult and I don't want to lie to him. So, yeah, you know, it's a process, but actually there's a, there's several testimonies there. You know, the marriage itself is what brought me closer to God to begin with. But I, I eventually told Israel, to, you know, for his questions, I said, hey, have you been praying for your mom lately? And he's like, no. And I said, okay, I tell you what, from now on, we're going to pray for her. And so at the, uh, every night we pray. And so at the end of the prayer, I say, all right, Azrael, what would you, what would you like to, you know, tell God? And what would you like to pray for your mom? And so he would, he would make his insertion and brother, let me tell you, wow. God is answering his prayers. Wow. Cause Dang. he started coming around after that. So that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I said, that was awesome to just say like, you know, there's a lot of people when, uh, well, that I hear about, you know, who get divorced and then they talk bad about their former spouse to their children. And right. it's cool that you were, you were just saying that she was just in another place and she loves you. Um, and of course, like, I, I mean, it gets harder as he gets older because he starts to understand certain things, but it's like, you said, Hey, 
let's pray for your mom. Let's do that, man. Uh, if you don't mind, like what, like what caught, I mean, what, what, what caused the, the divorce? Like, can you, can you just give us a little background on basically like who you are? How did you become married? Like, when did you meet her? This and that, because I think this is super important for people to hear other, other people's stories. Um, I didn't say it already, but I mean, some of the listeners already know the purpose of this podcast is to inspire people to become great at what they do and also to help those uh, who who have gone through certain things and hopefully it inspires them to have their to place their hope in something greater and what we both know that that's something we're talking about is the Lord Jesus Christ um, I mean this is like I, I'm not expecting everybody to become a believer off of this podcast but I do believe that stories help others in their everyday life. So could you go in a little bit on just, just a little bit about your backstory? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can, so we can get into that because man, uh, divorce, you know, it's, it's, it's real. And, uh, people, people go through it differently. And I know that people will, uh, benefit from hearing you So. Sure. Yeah. And you're, you're absolutely right. You know, um, you have to have that foundation. Number one, Jesus Christ in your marriage and in your life. And we can declare right now that whoever is receiving this message or listening, that their eyes be opened and their ears opened in the name of Jesus Christ. And that mm. we are declaring them right now as God's people. Wow. And so if you're listening, we're declaring you as God's chosen people. And so that there is no evil that can claim you. You belong Amen. to the Lord today in Jesus' name. But yes, it, it, this div- divorce, the marriage, it all started uh, several years ago, I would say in 2015. Um, okay. Basically, I was in the military and I was already on my transition on the way out. Um, the government decided that they wanted to medically retire me. So I was in that process. Mm. And so what I wanted to do was make preparations on sending my family um, back to Texas from North Carolina, um, just sending them ahead of me. So they didn't have to sit around while I was, you know, on in the process of being med boarded. Yeah. And um, so at that point we were already arguing, we were already at a rough spot. And part of the reason why we were in this point of our marriage is because number one, she was in a state that she was never familiar with before. She lived in Texas all her life. And then she moved to North Carolina to be with me. Right. Yeah. Um, and so she was already in a place she didn't know. Uh, she had, we had, uh, three kids. They were hers, but you know, I accepted them as my own. So I considered them as my own, uh, I don't okay. want people to get confused. Um, but so we had those three children with us. And while I was working, she stayed home every day, Monday through Monday, 24 seven, uh, cooking meals and keeping the house clean, everything. Yeah. Um, and in my, my lack of contribution was that when I came home tired from work or whether, whatever it was that we were doing, um, I would get lazy and I would kind of plump around and say, well, I worked all day, you know, so I shouldn't be doing anything, which was the wrong answer because if it wasn't until later that I realized how much pressure that being a stay at home mom or parent is 
when you don't get a chance to have a break, you don't have a social life, it yeah. can really drive you mad. Yeah, definitely. Right. So after like a year and a half of her doing that, which she did an amazing job and, you know, I was, I can't say anything bad about it. Um, <clears throat> I was very proud of her and, and I was grateful, but I didn't demonstrate that gratefulness in the right way. Um, I didn't have Jesus in my heart as I do today at that time. I was still mm. kind of, I was, I identified as a Catholic, but I didn't really know Jesus on a personal level. Mm. But so we were rocky. And so I sent her back home to Texas with the family. Israel was born at this time. He was maybe a week old when I moved the family down. And um, <clears throat> she decided she wanted to go and work refineries and use that money to uh, have surgery for her body. And ever since then, things went south and there were other men involved. And uh, she would eventually use the, and I'm not saying this to talk bad about her at all. And please don't, don't judge her for what's happened in this life. This is a testimony because yeah. I just want you to understand the truth and how God was able to work in my life in this time, because all these things were happening. And she even decided to uh, threaten that I would never see my son again. And being in North Carolina stuck there and I was paying for the house that they were living in, in Texas, in Texas, you know, it was a rental property, but I was paying the monthly rent. Um, she threatened that I wasn't ever going to see my son again. And she told my parents the exact same thing. My parents would give me a call begging me saying, Hey, Ricky, like I'm begging you, please do whatever she says. She's going to keep Asia away from us too. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it got very, very bad. And wow. I decided to, to something told me like, you know, man, I wanted to end it. I wanted to end my life. I wanted to commit suicide. It got so bad that there was nothing left. She even, she even told the military lies that, that I had abused her. And so they started a federal investigation on me and it could have ruined my entire military career. I could have gotten wow. discharged dishonorably. And so an investigation started. She told the, the government that I was living in the barracks, which I was because I was all my money was going to the kids. I couldn't afford to live anywhere. So when they found mm -hmm. out, I was forced out of the barracks and I was homeless uh, for a few days before my friend was able to help me. I, I didn't want to tell anybody, to be honest. But um, so all these things came. And uh, I decided, like, hey, I'm going to go back to this church where I remember my friend used to go. and he used to really just put his, his hands and his heart and his life into the worship and prayer to God. And I was like, let me go back, you know? Yeah. So I went yeah. to that church and, and, uh, um, I decided, wait, did I get sidetracked? I, I was about to commit suicide, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. not now. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm sorry. Let me, let me pause there for a second and go back to that moment where I wanted to commit suicide because of all the things that were happening, I, I, I went back and I okay. told you what was going on and the reason why I wanted to commit suicide. And so I was on the phone with my mother and I told her, Hey, you know, I love you, mom. Uh, this is it. 
I can't take it anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to end it. Wow. And you know, if you could imagine what was going on in her mind. Yeah. But she said, you know, I'm going to pray for you. You know, you know, she was trying to talk me out of it, of course. And so I, I hung up and she told me that she, she jumped to her knees and started praying. And in a moment, a very, very quick moment, I was numb. Oh my gosh. Feel anything. I didn't feel like I wanted to kill myself. I didn't feel angry. I didn't feel sad. I felt numb. It was such a strange feeling that I texted my mom, said something's happening and I, I don't feel anything. I feel numb. And I'm looking around. I said, where did all that pain and hurt go? And I looked up on my windowsill and I had a crucifix there and it hit me and I started crying and I said, you died for my sins and the sins of the whole world. And yet here you are today taking my pain from me. It's like a bullet. Once the bullet leaves the chamber, it's got to go somewhere. And if I wasn't feeling that pain, I knew who was in my place. It was Jesus. And so I, wow. I, I grabbed wow, my, bro. I grabbed my Bible and I started praying. I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop praying until you come into my heart. And so, and so I started praying and the next day I decided to go back to the church where my friend used to go. And I went to the church and at the end of the sermon, the pastor says, if anybody was once walking with Jesus and would like to renew their walk or renew the relationship, you know, raise your hand. And in my mind, I said, I already know Jesus, but I am not ashamed to raise my hand and say, I want to know him more. Mm. So I I raised my hand and he, the pastor's like, I see you, you know, I'm going to pray for you and you're going to pray with me. But at this moment, everybody has their heads down. And there was another man in the crowd. His name is Bryant Borges. And he says that he was looking, Holy Spirit told him to look up while everybody was looking down. And he said that he saw me and that when he saw me, that he saw angels around me. And so at the end of the, the, the service, he approached me and he's like, hey, he's like, um, do you want to join a Bible study group? Like come tonight, we're having a small groups sign up. And I was like, of all the days that I came back to the church, I came back on a day for sign up and Bryant was leading the small group for men for Bible study. And boy, let me tell you how God started opening doors through prayer and support. And even in the midst of all the things that I was going through with my marriage and my children, um, God started to work and I started going to these Bible studies and I started to learn more and I started to pray more and I started to understand what it means to really trust God. I had to surrender my kids into God's hands. I had to say, I had to let go of them because of what it was doing to me. She was killing me internally. I I can tell you that another friend of mine, Quentin Johnson, he once saw me and he's like, Hartwell, look at your face. He's like, you look pale, man. What's happening to you? Brother, I was dying in myself because I was being reborn through Jesus Christ. Wow. You know? And there were were many moments where where other men would join the group and we're praying. We're a bunch of soldiers, you know, in Bible study. And they're saying, how are you still standing, man, with everything going on in your life? How are you still standing? And I tell them, it's Jesus, brother. 
And Jesus wants to have a relationship with you too, you know? And that's the truth. That's, that's what Jesus is really after. He's after your heart. He's after your soul. He's after the people in the world, you know? Amen. So if it weren't for that situation with my marriage, you know, I would have never had come to know Jesus as I know him today. You know? Amen. Wow. Dang, bro. That's powerful. That's super powerful, man. That's awesome, bro. That that the the Lord spoke to you in that way. I mean, I got chills, dude, when you when you said uh, your mom broke on her knees and just got down on her knees and started praying for you, and then you just like felt numb. Wow. Yeah. And you know, she said that she had a vision of a of a of an angel standing over me while I was on my knees, and so she felt peace and calm, and she was able to go to sleep that night. Oh, that's crazy. You see, oh, and did is, you speak to her? Did you speak to her after that or did she? No, no, this is, this is her testimony to me. And when we started sharing later, um, we, I didn't know about that until I think maybe a month or so later, maybe a while later, but I didn't know about it immediately. Same thing with, with Bryant. He shared his testimony with me with what he saw later in my walk. Cause you see things, things got crazier. Because we know what the Bible says and what God says about marriage. And this is for all those people out there who are struggling in their marriages and they're saying, well, what do I do? I'm torn between what God says and what is going on with me right now. Well, Jesus says, you know, don't divorce. But if you need to, there's got to be there's got to be stipulations like uh, adultery, number one. Right. Or if the other believer doesn't believe, you know, but what God did for me was he told me directly to fight for my marriage until he declared an end. And so Mm. not only was I going through all these things that were already like, Hey man, get out. (laughs) You know, people were saying that I was crazy if I kept pursuing her. And I did because I had instruction from God to keep fighting for my marriage, do everything in my power to save it. And that means forgiving her every single day and every single day she was doing something probably in Vegas with another guy posting videos, sharing all this like cash of money that I didn't have, you know, just all these things. And we were still married and she Mm. was still keeping my son from me and making these threats and doing all these things. These guys were staying at my house or the house that I was renting out for them. And I had to forgive her every single day because deep in my heart, it was more than just the marriage. It was her soul. Hmm. And I was more wretched than she was. I've done more things in my life that I am ashamed of. I've done things that 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 that, that I'm, I'm I'm just ashamed of, mm. and I don't deserve God's grace. But that's what God's grace is. It is unmerited love. It is undeserved. We didn't ask for it. He is giving it to us because mm. He loves us, right? Amen. So that was part of the motivation for the forgiveness. And let me tell you how hard it is. It's not easy, but you should pray and ask God what you want me to do. I want to serve you because there are some marriages where God will pull you or not God, um, your spouse will pull you away from your walk. And if the spouse, because you have a binding agreement, you have a marriage certificate. And even if you didn't get married in a church, it is a binding agreement through God. 
Mm. You become one flesh. And so if one of you is strong in the faith and the other one doesn't believe, the devil has his access through the unbeliever. And he uses the unbeliever to attack you, to destroy you, to bring you down, to separate you from God. And so that's why God will rescue you from that marriage if there is an unbeliever. There's only so far you can carry your cross for in that marriage. But if you ask the Lord and you pray to him and he knows where he, God knows where your heart is. And so he will be the, the, the one to look at you in that way, but ask him and the Lord will fight for you. He will bring you out of that marriage on his will, on his account. But if he wants you to stay, then that's, that's where things become more interesting and more difficult, you know, but that's not for me to say, that's not for anybody else to say. It's nobody's opinion of what you should do your marriage. You should take it up with the Lord and see what he will do for you. That what he's done for me, I know he will do for you. I am testifying it in the name of Jesus Christ that he will rescue you for you or from, from it if he needs to, you know? Wow. <clears throat> Amen, brother. Dang. Powerful, man. That's powerful. So, so, so when, when did this all happen? You said this was in 2015? Yes. Yes. This was in 2015. And how long were you guys married or how long were you guys married? Two years. Two years. Okay. And then all this occurred. So you said, uh, I heard you mention, you know, things got even crazier. Um, You know, your friends seeing you, people seeing you, calling you crazy. It's kind of like the Gomer story, you know, in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Where uh, I think that's the yeah the Gomer story where God is telling him to just go go after his wife go after his wife go after his wife. Um, what what Hosea. else transpired? Oh, uh, Jose, I'm sorry. Yeah, Hosea. Yeah, yeah, Hosea. <laughs> that was him, and I associated with him a lot too. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, how did that story? Yeah, the story is basically that God is the is is how you know is the prostitute. I think was God and. No, no, no. Hosea was God. The prostitute is the people. And yeah, we, I'm over here for drawing a blank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it's okay. Listeners. No. Sorry, guys. It's, it's, no, it's, it's Hosea and Gomer. It's one of the, it's a beautiful, beautiful story. Yeah. Beautiful story. And that's it's, what I, that's what reminded me of the story is, is your, is your, is your story. So can you, can you elaborate on that more? On my story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On how that, I don't know. I just feel like there's like a connection with that story. Oh no! Yes, there, there was. Yeah, and and part of it was what God told me to fight for my marriage until He declared it in. Which means that I had to keep going back to her. I had to keep praying for her. I had to keep forgiving her. I had to keep trying to make it work. I had to keep giving in, surrendering. And Hosea was the same way, I believe. Right? Yeah, yeah. He 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 had to keep going back to his wife, who was a prostitute, because God was like, "Hey, I want you to go back and marry her. Take her back and take her back and take her back and." And do this and do that. And he's like, ah, oh, you know, can you imagine? She, I believe that, that his wife goes off and has other kids and, you know, and he still had to go back for her. And I, I thought that maybe I had to do the same thing. But, you know, eventually God rescued me mm. from the marriage. He declared an end. I witnessed God overrule a judge in his own courtroom. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Man. Yes. The, the Lord is great, but doesn't mean that it's going to always be easy or sunshine and, and rainbows. Is we have to 
put in the work in in keeping the faith. And yeah, it, because, yeah, yeah. Like, cause, cause I mean, that's hard, bro. That's hard for somebody who doesn't, you know, even for a believer, you know what I mean? To just go back to, to continue to go back. Like, like, man, I know you, I know you said it, but it's sometimes hard for people to believe what you're saying, because when you get cheated on and, you know, or someone does something against you, uh, there's just people that don't have that revelation of, um, you know, what, what Jesus, what God has done for us. You know, he, he, he took it all, you know, he took it all. And each day we, like, if we sin, we sin against him. Uh, but he yet continues to love us. Um, but what would you say to somebody who is kind of going through your situation now? Like, where do you get the motivation to continue to love your spouse as Christ loved us in the midst of someone not even knowing him? Right. Well, my, I guess I would say, hey, you know, you have to think about yourself and how God is able to forgive you despite all the things that you've done. And in the same way that God loves you, he also loves your spouse. Mm. Even, even in the moment of their darkest periods of time, whatever it is that they're doing, God loves them the same way he loves you. Mm. Mm. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. That's good, man. That's good. And for those who are listening, uh, just read, if you want to read the Bible, uh, Hosea, it's, a, it's, an, it's an amazing, it's an amazing uh, story. Uh, the story of Hosea and Gomer. I was kind of butchering it a few minutes ago. But, we, I think we both were a little bit different. Yeah. I, I haven't and then he's going to listen to this and he's going to be like, bro, we, we listened to that story so many times. And I'm like, I know, man. But yeah, go read it. Hosea 1 2. It's in the Old Testament. It's a great story. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? Brian Borges. I am mm-hmm. like connected with him here in Norfolk, Virginia. I saw that. Yes. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Small like, world. <laughs> dude, that is, that's crazy. And we, we, we may have him on the podcast next week. Um, but yeah, we're doing an outreach here. Uh, a few outreaches, man, that's nuts. So where did you guys meet? You guys met in uh, North Carolina or what? Yeah, we were both stationed at Fort Bragg. And so uh, the that church- That is crazy, bro. Yeah, yeah. The church is uh, Mana Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. That's where that's where we we met officially, and we were in Bible study together. And and we we were watch. If you mention if you mention me to Brian, he's he's gonna remember me. I'm gonna know. tell him. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna text him here after and just be like, "See, man, this is. I know he's <laughs> man. That guy. He's he's a good guy, bro. We were uh, we were at the church on Wednesday, and we had a meeting for this outreach we're gonna do here mm-hmm. um, in October. And he's like, and we're about to leave, and. Uh, He's super humble, bro. Like you wouldn't know what he can do. Mm-hmm. And I'm about to leave. He's about to walk me out to church. He's like, Hey man, do you have a, you have like 10 minutes? You want to, you want to worship? I'm like, sure. So we go into this room and there's a piano in there and he can already play the drums. He can play the guitar, can, He's but I didn't know yeah, he could he sing, sing like too. that. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> and so he gets on the piano, he starts playing, bro. And we're in there for like 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes, just worshiping. And I'm like, bro, what are you? Dang, like he, 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 he's on another level, man. He, he encourages me every day. Like just the, the faith and the, the favor he has within the Lord. It's just amazing. But yeah, I'm going to tell him this is, this is, this is nuts to me. 
Yeah, that. yeah. He's he he was a uh, oh man, he was a big part of helping helping me get through. And man, Brian, man, he's he's a great guy, and I and I praise God for putting him in my path. And he's got his ministry, the face of Jesus, and I, I love to see what he's doing with that, and and you know, trying to take the gospel all over the world. You know, yeah. So yeah, yeah I'm I'm glad you guys are connected, man. This is definitely a small world. I saw him it, on your Facebook, small. and I was like, oh, I wonder <laughs> if he met him in person. And I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is that is cool. We're kind of like, yeah, it's it's it, it's okay. So it's crazy how God works. This is like for those who are listening. I know I I don't know who it is, but the Lord will put people in your lives, and you won't even know like how He wants you, like how He wants you to work with them. It's just, it's, it's nuts. Like I would never in a million years thought that, you know, him and he was a big part of your testimony. And then we're going to be working together. It's like the Lord moves in ways that we can't, we can't describe. And this is just something so small. Um, but yeah, but, but, but going back to your story, bro, going back mm-hmm. to your story, man, uh, it's just super amazing. And thank you for being so, so vulnerable, uh, to us here. Um, so you said before, after you were going to commit suicide, you ended up getting, you having this radical encounter with the Lord. And this was back in 2015. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So it's 2020 now. Mm-hmm. What ended up, can you tell us some struggles or, I mean, that's five years. Like how have you seen yourself grown from then till now? Well, it's interesting that you say the five year part, but actually, um, in that same year, I was, I had grown really strong in my position in the faith regarding my marriage. Yeah. I I felt really strong and I was really good at where I was. And then disaster struck. Mm. My, uh, at the time he was one years old, Donovan Hartwell. And, uh, he was run over. He he's you know he's my son, my adopted son at birth. Um, he was run over by his uncle, and so he was thrown into life support. And where I was really strong in my faith, when I got the news that he was on life support, I broke, and like it was it was as quick as a split second. But everything that happened. In that split second is I was already starting to blame God. I was already starting to say, how could you do this to me after all the things? And, but in that same moment, I said, wait a minute, this is not of God's doing. You're crying with me. You're weeping with me. You're hurting with me. You're feeling the pain. And then I remembered that, hey, I called Bryant. I called, I called him so he can alert everybody in the Bible study to pray. He called his father, who was a pastor. And he told this church to pray and just a fire of prayer went around and I had to take emergency leave. And I drove straight to, to Texas where he was at the hospital. They, they, they ended up taking him off the life support. He went through surgery to get his face reconstructed. And I went there, I started praying over him, man. And let me tell you, God healed him. Oh my goodness. God healed him in a couple of weeks. He was from life support to celebrating his two-year-old birthday party. Wow. Wow. Praise the Lord. You know, but see, it's like you can be strong in one part or two, but then something completely different will come along and it will just completely destroy you all over again. 
And then you're back to square one. You know, how could you do this to me? And where are you, Lord? And, and you know, you're, 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 you're losing grip of that shield. But so much has happened in those five years and different, different attacks, different levels. Um, but you just, you have to, you have to not give up. Yeah. You know? And so a lot has happened and there's been a lot that's happened in those time. Like currently I, the VA decided not to pay my MBA. And so I had to drop two classes and if I'm not taking the school, I'm not getting the extra pay. If I'm not getting the extra pay, I can't, I can't make my bills. And so mm. I, in the last three or four months, actually four months now, May, June, July, August, actually five months, man, I'm losing track. So in the last five <laughs> months, I've been applying all over the state of Texas. I sent out over like 30 plus applications and I've gotten a wave of rejection letters. And so it's like, okay, even now. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills next month. I'm going to have to default on some of them, but even mm. still, I'm going to tell you how good God is. Amen. And I'm going to praise him. And I'm going to tell you that Jesus Christ is Lord and just don't give up no matter the circumstance. Yeah, man. So, you know, a lot has happened, but Hey, it's still going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> but no, that's good, bro. I, I I love how raw and candid you are, man, cuz a lot of times uh people just just people and um I would say us believers, us Christians, we have this huge target on our back because um those who are in high positions, which they are great at what they do, um the outside world kind of sees them you know, as like perfect and even believers in the church see other uh, believers as perfect or like they don't mess up or, you know, it's just like everything is all gravy, the gravy train, everybody's riding on the gravy chain, but I really appreciate your, your vulnerability here on the podcast um, and just being real and just being real with us. Um, So thank you, bro. Yeah. For the glory of God, brother. Yeah. Thank you. But your story, man, is amazing. And I know there's, I know there's so much, there's so much more, uh, that people can, can grab from, uh, from your story. But I just want to, you know, I just wanted to assure you that, you know, what you're saying is true and he is good. And, uh, I believe you're going to find a, find a job. You're going to find somewhere to work. Uh, it's just not the right, the, the right one yet. Like he has something in store for you, mm-hmm. uh, even greater. And I know it's going to be another testimony that you have that, and that, and that you'll share with us here sometime in the future. Amen. But I remember there was this one story, bro, that you told me when we were at Johnny's house. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know? Do you know what sto- story I'm talking about? I, when you were in Dallas. Oh, okay. Can you go? I don't know when that was in your life, like what happened. But yeah. can you can you talk about that? Or I mean, we don't have to. But no, no, yeah, yeah, we can, we can. Because I wanted to ask more questions about that. I mean, that story was kind of crazy. Yeah, um, it also would bring awareness to uh, PTSD, um, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, yeah, yeah. I had, I, at that time, I had just came back from from Afghanistan, um, and there were some sequence of events that happened that night that just built up. I guess, however, I was feeling inside. Yeah, and most of it was people's disregard to the military and. 
I I knew that people were dying downrange, and I was I met up with a marine who was about to head back out for his third tour, and you know somehow we always find each other in the bars. You know, you always find the other military guy. But yeah. we were hanging out together, and he, you know, I just came back. He's about to go again, and they were going to do a shout out to the troops, and not one person, you know, cared. Nobody clapped. Nobody did anything. And, you know, that's just how things are. People just don't really care, you know, but yeah. in either case, I, some guy decided to talk smack to me and I got angry and I left and I just went, I went, I went blood red, um, vision. I went out to the street, started attacking cars, uh, trying to forcibly get people to come out of their cars. And, uh, I believe eight police cars showed up. And oh my gosh. Yeah, they 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 came around me like I was, you know, obviously I was I was a huge threat. I was attacking people. My brother came and and he he grabbed me, you know, he hugged me um so that they wouldn't shoot or tase me, you know. And he was yeah. like, he just got back, he just got back, you know. And I wanted to die that night. I <laughs> I guess I've been suicidal throughout my life, but um I just, I wanted to die. You know, part of that suicidal thought maybe later was also in part because of my PTSD, but I knew I wanted to die then. And I was trying to die by the police. I really was. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. they decided to put their guns away and they're like, okay, he's, he's a vet, you know, but I, I made them take me to jail because I knew that if I wasn't going to go to jail that night, I was going to try to kill myself some other way. And so they, they did, they, they took me to jail and I hit a low point in my life and I said to myself, I can either drown in my self-pity or I can get up and do something about it. And so I I stood up and I started pacing. I started doing push-ups. I drank from the little fountain of water that was there in a jail cell. And I physically took action to do something about it. Mm. You know, um, but what Johnny saw that night was something he'd never seen in me before. And my brother did too. And I knew that I had to go get help. Mm. Um, I had to promise them that I was going to get help. And that, that was, that was how, you know, that was actually the beginning towards my, I guess the end of the career, things like that. I, I wasn't as mentally strong as I used to be. Mm. I ended up being mentally compromised. Mm. But oh, man, that's gotta be hard, bro. That's got to be hard. And uh, yeah, I mean, because like a lot of people who, who, are, who are not in the military and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be very sensitive about this subject. I mean, we, we literally just don't know what you guys have gone through or what you've been through. And um, I mean, I, I just want to say sorry for all those who are not in the military or who have never been a part of the military. You know, sorry for not saying thank you, you know, uh, just because it's just like we don't know, but it's. I mean, I can't thank you enough for just bringing awareness to that, mm-hmm. you know, to uh, PTSD and just bringing awareness to uh, what you guys have gone through and what you went through. I mean, just being out here, I'll, I'll get real, real, uh, real, I guess. Uh, like I, I just didn't know about mental health before I came out here and I didn't, like I knew about it, but I didn't think it was something that could affect me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think that it was like something that was, you know, to, to really care about until I, I believe I've gone through it this year. It's like, 
you know, moving out here, um, this whole COVID being isolated from the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. I love him. Joy of the Lord is my strength, right? With that though, there are like, I hate to use a word like, oh, we're all human, but it's like, man, sometimes, you know, we go through things like we go through these dark times. Um, but his goodness is way more than those dark times. And um, I don't know. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I just, I just want to be sensitive to, to mental health and, um, and like just depression and PTSD because it is real. And there, the Lord is good in those times, man. And if I couldn't stress this enough, it would just be, I believe that like by you having Johnny, having your brothers and having people around you probably helped out a lot because if it wasn't for Janelle and just, you know, my older brother, Tony, and just being able to see my family and just being able to reach out to someone, uh, helped out so much in the, in the dark time that I was in just a few months ago. So, um, yeah, if you are listening and you are dealing with some sort of, I don't know if depression, PTSD, uh, just a brain fog, man, you are loved and you are loved by the Lord. Maybe you don't see it or you can't feel it, but I just can reassure you that you are loved and your life is, is, is worth it. Your life is, is, is enough. Uh, your life, he, he loves you. You are loved by people. And if there is nobody and you feel that there's like nobody uh, reaching out to you, just, you know, email Ricky, mm-hmm. email me, text me. Please you can do. email Ricky. Yeah. What's your, what's your email, Ricky? My email is ricardo.hartwell, H-A-R-T-W-E-L-L at gmail.com. Please send me prayer requests too. I would love to pray for you. I'd love to pray for you and I will hear you out. You guys are not alone. It, it, you don't have to go to war to have PTSD or suffer depression or anxiety. Everybody has their own limit and life can really, really be just upsetting and, and just it can really affect your morale, even your walk with Christ. There are things happening in this world that will pull you away and is trying the, the Satan and his darkness is trying to pull you away from God. But just remember that you are sealed. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit, who is the promise that you're going to see God and that you have a relationship with him. Mm. And if you can testify that Jesus Christ is Lord, and you can testify about Jesus Christ, that's proof that you have Holy Spirit in you. And Amen. So he's not going to let you go. And, and, you know, Adam, I'm sorry that you had to go through that this last couple of months. It's very real, no matter the situation. And yeah. if you need anything, brother, I'm here for you too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It, it, it's good. It's, it's crazy because like Johnny, Johnny called me and uh, I don't really, I don't really like, to, I always like to make light of situations, you know, it's like, all right, all right, cool. Yeah, no, I'm good. But yeah, man, it is real. And I appreciate you. I, I, I'm really, I really got like rocked on this podcast because man, like it's just edifying. It's edifying. It's, and it's good to hear. It's good to talk to someone, you know, who's, who had a past like yours and who has a life like yours to just, you could just stand here and sit here today and just tell us the goodness of the Lord. You can just tell us where he's taking you from and where you are going to go. Um, but yeah, man, let's, uh, we're, we're already at the, we're already at that mark, but 
I want to, I want to talk. I want to just ask you, I want, I want to play the game. I want to play the, uh, rapid fire question game just All for right. people to get a little bit, know a little bit more about you. I definitely, we're definitely going to have you back on the podcast. Cause I know there's so much more that you can tell us. Um, but, uh, have you ever played the rapid fire question game before? No, no, I have not. All right, we're gonna. All right, we're gonna. We're gonna play this. Hopefully, bring some like you know happiness into this thing because I know that was kind of heavy. That was a little heavy. That was a little heavy, but it was good. It was good. It was good. Yeah, for the glory of God, man, it was good. Amen. Amen. All right, ready? Five, four, three, two, one. What is the best thing that happened to you this month? Oh man, uh, Israel is still with me. Yes, he wakes up early every morning. Amen. What's your favorite board game? Sorry. Sorry. What's your favorite beverage? Oh, uh, sweet tea, uh, lemon ice, sweet tea, lemon ice, sweet tea, uh, window or aisle seat window. What is your favorite dessert? Strawberry cheesecake. What is something you are tired of? Losing, to be honest. Losing. But I'm a winner. (laughs) Heels or flats? Flats. I'm flat footed. (laughs) That's kind of a job thing. It's more for women. That's a a woman's job. I'm comfortable with who I am. Hey, Hey, there you go. There you go. Uh, The place where you had your first kiss. Man, I don't remember that one. Must have been high school. (laughs) All right, high school. All right, last one, last one, last one. If you have 30 seconds and... Nah, I butchered that one. <laughs> Give it another go. You got it. <laughs> All right. What are your plans for the weekend? Oh, uh, Dallas Cowboys tomorrow. Uh, I think my Bible study goes canceled today. So Dallas Cowboys, baby. Woo! Dallas Cowboys, baby. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. All right. Ding, 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 ding. Rapid fire questions. And I butchered that because I hadn't done that in a while. But thank you guys <laughs> for listening to the rapid fire questions with Ricky. Nah, but nah, man. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. I know that was like super fast because there's so much more. I feel that we could talk about. But um, uh, yeah, can you course. just repeat your uh, contact information for anybody out there who wants to get in touch with you? Uh, can you let us know your Instagram handle if you have one, Facebook? Yeah, yeah. In fact, um, if you can please follow uh, Inspire Life Open Faith, um, you can find you can find it on Facebook, Inspire L H F, and that's Lima Hotel Foxtrot. Um, and follow us there. Uh, it's a ministry uh, to help kind of bring believers together, keep the word out there on social media platforms. And I also love to, you know, offer prayers. If you need it, uh, you can find me there. Uh, that's again, Inspire Life, Hope and Faith on Facebook. Uh, you can find me, Ricardo Hartwell. That's R-I-C-A-R-D-O. Actually, my Facebook is Rick. It's R-I-C-K uh, Hartwell, H-A-R-T-W-E-L-L. Follow me there. Give me a shout out. Um, if you guys need prayers, please. I'd love to pray for you. The Lord is there to fight for you. So feel free, contact us, follow, help spread the message that Jesus Christ is alive and he will come back again soon. Amen. (laughs) Amen. 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 Well, there you have it, folks. This was a great, this was a great show. Episode 12, baby. My boy, my friend, and now a, a new, you know, life, life, life friend, Ricky. Ricardo Hartwell. 
All right, bro. Thank you for coming on the show, man. Hey, brother. Thanks for having me and and for doing what you do. I mean it. You're taking the kingdom further. You're going to hey. do it. You're helping. Hey, it's, it's, it's the least that I can do. And we'll conclude this evening's entertainment.